clearly she had a very close eyewitness view of the assassination. She was literally standing right there when he got shot. Murders, mysteries, unexplained stories, and our family's crazy opinions on them all. Join us now. The Family School of Thought is in session. Hello, everybody. Thanks again for visiting us on uh, the Family School of Thought. Hope you guys are going to enjoy our show tonight. Um, don't forget to give us some feedback on our topics and give us some topics that you'd like to hear us discuss, too. And again, you can uh, push that like button, share us, and uh, um, subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. That's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> I should have it written in front of me when I do that. Okay. Let's get going. Uh, Cass, you got some history facts for us? Yeah, Cass, do you have history facts? I don't have any history facts. Down the bottom <laughs> Jesse. It's almost Jessie. as if we have little, little name tags, right? Next I know, right? Right next to our face. Jess, do you have some history facts for yes, us? Yes, I have history unexplained mystery facts for you. I just have one quick one today. I, I don't know if it's quick, but... Um, humpback whale supergroups. Have you guys ever heard about those? What? Yeah. So humpback whales are some of the some of nature's largest aquatic animals, and they've been a, the focus of scientific research for decades. But in the past several years, researchers have begun to witness a strange, unforeseen behavior that they have yet to explain. Um, starting in 2011, researchers have reported sightings of the whales forming so-called supergroups. The groups consisting of anywhere between 20 to 200 of the animals. So 20 to up to 200. Um, that's a large group of fish. In yeah, mind. that's especially humpback that whales. Is. Right. Yeah, Don't 20 to 200 of the animals were largely sighted off of the southwest coast of Africa, and experts say that no previous reports have mentioned such large gatherings. Additionally, scientists are at a loss to explain the location of the sightings, as humpback whales primarily feed near the southern region of Antarctica. One promising theory suggests that the behavior is the, a result of the whales experiencing a population boom since the 1960s, when whaling be, the when sorry when whaling was banned by many nations, and that is this type of supergrouping might have actually been the norm for hunt, humpbacks when they existed in greater numbers. For now, however, scientists continue to study the animals in hopes of unraveling their mysteries. Oh. So huh, there you go. My theory is they have a cult leader, and it's just a big cult. <laughs> big cult of whales. Humpback cult. But I always thought, you know, I thought a large group of fish was always called a school, but not it is. Well, that's fish. That's what I was say, a school yeah. of whales. Right. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> Nothing about murder. Nothing about aliens, good old humpback whales. Good back, good old back. Interesting. And especially because it's spring break, everybody's hoping to see something like that. Yeah. 
yeah and uh in the in nature or you know you pay to go watch it at sea world yeah yeah never know and yeah. if you do like sea world maybe you should watch blackfish <laughs> that might change your opinions yeah yeah no yeah yeah not the most ethical thing to do <laughs> no it's not no it's not um i see d's drinking wine so this show's gonna get good to <laughs> to the a family school of thought clink 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 clink, clink. clink. okay Cass. How about you? Do you have a song for us? He's got some good music for us. I can see it on her face. What song can you ruin for me this week? Don't ruin it for us. I don't know if I can ruin it for you. That's the segment. Uh, That's the title of the segment. Cassie ruined the song. That's right. We need to rename this segment. (laughs) Ruining the song. I'm just pointing out why you should really listen to it. I don't listen to the words. I just listen to the beat. And, you know, I have to have I, white. I've got to say, the knack, everybody agrees with me at work. The what? Everybody agrees. They've seen that, they've been singing that song their entire lives and never knew the real meaning of the song. Which one? The knack. The knack. The one that you just did last week. My Sharona. Okay. Got it. Okay, my Sharona did not do that last week. <laughs> did that a long, no, long no, time I'm ago. Saying, I'm just saying. Well, somebody at work just watched that episode. My Sharona by the neck. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um. Yeah. Well, that's what I. That's the whole point of this is to point out that what you're singing. Um. I don't know if I'll ruin this one for you because I actually didn't know the song existed. Um. But this week's song. It's called Run For Your Life by the Beatles. Oh, I've heard that. I mean, mm. The Beatles so, are playing radio all the time. I don't think this one's on the radio. I'll tell you that for sure. Um, this one, I it was written by John Lennon. Um, and it's, mm, I don't know, but it, it seems like a B-side track to be honest with you because it's only about two minutes and 22 seconds which is a fairly short song um but run for your life is about a man telling his girlfriend um if i ever see you with another man you better run for your life oh no and that's literally the whole song is him repeating the lines you know uh you know i'm a wicked guy Uh, i was born with a jealous mind um you better run for your life if you can little girl Hide your head in the sand, little girl. Catch you with another man, little girl. It's the end, little girl. Like, that's the whole song is just kind of that on repeat. I don't think I've ever heard of that song. I I can't recall the song either, but um, I know I was talking to somebody just the other day about John Lennon. And, um, you know, he was a a great humanitarian. You know, he did a lot of things. um, But... Sometimes he wasn't a very nice person, too. No, he was not a nice person. But so, that happens with all celebrities. is They're not really oh, nice people, even if they do what? a bunch of nice humanitarian things. Well, they came they're from a different just era. like us. They came from a different era, but, um, we're, you know. But anyways, um, he was a great humanitarian. So maybe that overseeded his problem. He's a great humanitarian, but he does write songs about how he's going to kill his girlfriend if she ever goes to the yeah. Very, very romantic. Um, this was from the album Rubber Soul, Dad, by the way. Oh, I don't think I've okay. ever 
released in uh, 1965. So, yeah, that was early. I was thinking yeah. it was one of those songs. Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't know. Listen, they were just a boy band then. Again, still, they're singing they to young girls singing. about how they're going to kill oh, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all those, you know, stupid oh, boy band I told you that all the time. But they did turn into a phenomenal. That's creepy. <laughs> Don't forget that's the same man that wrote Imagine. Imagine, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's so creepy is that the same man yeah. who wrote Imagine is writing a song about how he's going to kill his girlfriend if she ever leaves him. Well, he evolved wow. from that point. He was just a kid. <laughs> Listen, John Lennon was one of my, well, it was my hero growing up. Him and Jim Morrison. So I, you guys know when he got killed, yes. I literally skipped school for two weeks. He <laughs> did that with the all-stars. I know. With Janice, with oh, Jim. And it was tragic. It was very tragic when he got killed. Oh, yeah. It changed history for sure. Yes, it, it did. did. It did. Did you know that Ronald Reagan oh. had, um, <laughs> I think it was five minutes. I can't remember if it was five or 10 or 20 moments of silence worldwide for him when he died. I don't think they've ever done that for anybody. Wow. Hmm. I can remember because I was working. And literally, the restaurant had to, like, stop, and everybody had to be in silence for, it must have been five minutes. It seems like it was 20, but I can't imagine. It's five seconds, not five no, minutes. No, five minutes. No, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be five seconds. It, yeah, it'd be like yeah. a maybe two to three minutes. Hmm. I mean, it was, wow. it was a while. You know, the world literally come to a stop for five minutes. Wow. And I don't think they've ever done that over anybody ever before. Hmm. So it was quite the tragic event when that happened. Oh, yeah. Okay. You guys ready for this week's stories? Yeah, are you? Well, you Jesse's missing now. <laughs> and she kind of had a play in this, but okay. Um, <clears throat> I really wanted her to be here because she inspired most of my story today. Is um, um, and both I got two topics really to cover there. They kind of are the same, but separate topics. And we've talked a lot about both of them. But um, my real story is about the Reputer film, John F. Kennedy assassination film. Um, that's my real story. But as, as and everybody's seen that a million times, but um, Jesse brought up the um, Babushka lady a couple episodes ago. And in that film and in almost all the the um, photos that you see taken that day, there's this lady standing there in a trench coat, a scarf, um, sunglasses, and she's taking pictures. So do and you she think she's like, a spy? And they, she looks, to look at her, you would, it would appear she's an older lady. And the way she stood... You know, kind of a lot of people think maybe she was a man. There's a thousand theories about it, but most people think she's either a Russian spy or she was a CIA agent or FBI agent. And she's had, you know, just all these theories about her. Um, um, but she was clearly she had a very close eyewitness view of the 
assassination. She was literally standing right there when he got shot. And she's clearly taking pictures as this is going on. And actually she's taking movie films. Um, so, um, Movie uh, films, so then that should be no, recorded. She's recording a movie, right? So in the pictures, they, they in so the pictures, in the pictures, it looks like she's just got a camera taking pictures. But come to find out, she was taking movies, home movies. You know, hmm. um, uh, while everyone else seemed to be like kind of running around and running away from the scene and, you know, falling to the ground because there's shots being fired. She just kind of stood there motionlessly. And the um, the FBI investigators who, uh, they worked like forever trying to find this lady because she was in all the pictures. She was in the the uh, uh, the film that come out. Um, so they knew this, this lady was out there and she looked very suspicious in the pictures, you know. And so um, Jesse had brought her up, I don't know, quite a few episodes ago. And, um, you know, that they really have never truly identified this woman, who she was. But in 1970, so that's um, seven years after the assassination, a woman by the name of Beverly Oliver came forward. And she first told her story to a researcher by the name of Gary Shaw. That name's probably sounds real familiar because we've talked about him quite a few times on the show too. He wrote a lot of books about the um, assassination of Kennedy. And he also wrote the book, um, the um, uh, reporter who knew too much <coughs> about Dorothy Kilgallen. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, she went to him or he came to her actually. I can't remember how they got together, but and she told him that she was the lady in that film. And um, later, when Oliver Stone was researching materials to do his movie, JFK, Gary introduced him to Beverly and said, you know, this is the babushka lady. And she has quite the story to tell. Um, and they're really the only way she would come forward and well, you know publicly tell her story was... Um, Oliver Stone promised to protect her, you know. Um, and plus at that time, a lot of the people were gone that were, you know, threatening to her. But um, she knew if she ever told her story that she would be dead. And she knew personally people that knew things about that assassination who just up and disappeared. So she wasn't about to, you know, tell her story. And um, so the reason she ever told it was she was afraid for her life. And she personally um, seen people just simply disappear who knew stuff. Um, ironically, or not, she happened to be a um, singer. She did a nightclub act. And whose club do you think she performed at? Oh, what's, I can't think of his name right Jack now. Ruby. But, uh, Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby, yeah. Yes. And he knew her, they knew each other very well. She was only 17. So and she, she was, was wearing 17. a babushka? Yeah, she was only she's only 17 and she was she really was in a disguise. You know, she didn't want to be seen out there. She didn't want to be seen out, and I don't know if I got this hundred percent right because I've seen a lot of interviews with her in it. Um, but um she was a nightclub singer, so she was dressed 
and a gown and, you know, a wig and, you know, all dressed up. But she didn't want to go out to a parade looking like that, right? So she literally put on the scarf. She had a wig on. She put sunglasses on, put this big trench coat on. So she really did disguise herself on purpose. And she said, like, you know, the reason she didn't move was she was just, you know, she just stood there because she was in shock. She was just frozen. You know, she didn't know what to do. And she's only 17, remember? Right. So um, Beverly lived with her mother. And she was a singer and sang, um, you know, she was kind of big in that town. People knew who she were. She was. And so that, again, she didn't want people to know. You know, she had a career starting, so she didn't want to get involved in all this stuff and get caught up in this. Um, and she knew a lot of the, you know, people that were through Jack who were seedy people. You know, she didn't want, she knew they would off her if, if they knew this happened, you know. Um, but she continued to sing for years in, in Dallas, and she was pretty well known. Um, but that evening... So this happens, she takes the movies, and she goes home, right, after all this. And that evening, two men show up at her door, claiming to be FBI agents. And although they didn't show her any kind of badge or IDs or anything like that, and again, she's 17, so she didn't really know to ask, um, they asked her for the camera, and they said they would uh, need it to view the film, and they would return it in 10 days. Well, how did they know that? Well, again, this is what she's her. This is what she's claiming now. So she says, you know, at only seventeen, she was frightened to death, and she gave them with without questioning it. She just gave it to them. And her real thing was, she had the camera in a makeup bag, and there was some marijuana in that makeup bag, <laughs> which in nineteen sixty three would have been a jail sentence. You mm-hmm. know, so she was really freaked out about that. So she kind of just gave them the camera and shut the door and, you know, she was afraid she was going to get arrested for marijuana. Um, um, so she was really concerned, but she never said another word. She just didn't say nothing about it. And they never returned the film. You know, they were supposed to return it in 10 days and they never did return it. And she never tried to get it back. Um, you know, she just didn't want to be part of what was going on. And not just because she didn't want to be part of some big story. She wanted to be part of it because she she knew a lot of these were dangerous people, you know. Um, so the uh, it never got returned, and um, uh, it, she never attempted to get it back, and um, she never said a word until she met up with Gary, who was doing some investigations, and you know she kind of knew he was running around asking questions and interviewing people and trying to get some facts, and she did confide in him. But she said, I'm not ever going to go public. I'm never going to tell people this. But I am the babushka lady that they're, they're trying to find. And so um, um, so that's where it stood until really until um, Oliver Stone pulled her out and said, I'll protect you if you come forward and tell your story. And he did. And um, I'm going to try to share something with you guys. Probably won't work, right? Let's see. But what did she see that everybody else at the well, party didn't see? She really doesn't know, actually. She doesn't know. She never seen the film. You know, she never really. She's seen him. She literally seen him get his head blown off. 
I mean, it was right in front of her. Right. But she never seen the, she never viewed the, the film. You know, I mean, she never even did that part. So she so never seen where the gunshot. So she never seen which direction the gunshots come. Oh no, no, no! She's seen it. She just doesn't have. Well, she's seen it, but it all happened really fast, and she's just like, yeah, you're just dumbfounded and thing. Well, but she yeah. never was able to say, um, here, you know, here's my film. I can show you what I've seen because she never seen the film again. Right. Um, hold on a minute. I'm gonna show you something. Of course, it won't come up now. Let me know if something comes up on the screen. I have, I have a picture of the Bubushka lady, and I have a picture of her at that time. You know, and just, you know, wondering if you guys can't um, see. see the difference. Are, you, are you seeing it now? Well, yep, yep. There we go. Okay. So, of course, obviously, the one on the left is a 17-year-old girl who looks a lot older than 17. I was going to say, she sure in the heck doesn't look 17. She looks and, more like a 60s, trying to well, be 20. Well, her hair, obviously, that's a wig she's wearing in the blonde wig. Is that a wig? Yeah. Looks like to me. But she looks like a nightclub singer, don't you think? Sure. In the blonde one. That far off from the lady on the right? You can't really yeah. see her face in the blonde picture i think no, her, right. cheeks, her cheeks look the same obviously her mouth doesn't look the same because she's one she's got an open mouth one she doesn't but and the hair who cares because she was wearing a wig in both of these pictures you know well you can't see the neck or anything i mean i mean i definitely would not look at that and go there's no way that's the same person i mean is she the same? I don't know. I could see the cheeks look the right to me. I could see where she could be. You know, on the right, she has a forehead, and then left, she doesn't. But um, it wouldn't, if somebody said that's definitely the same person, I'd be like, okay. You know, I don't it know didn't seem I... that far fetched to me. I don't know. You don't know? I, I just, it's hard to say because. You can't see your eyes. Right. And, you know, I mean, she could, it could be just, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like the, the, the blonde picture, you can't really distinguish any features other than her cheeks, which when you're smiling, like, everyone's cheeks kind of go up. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. The one, uh, at the actual like the babushka lady the picture of the babushka lady um, reminds me a lot of the actress helen mccroy just you know who i'm talking about narcissa malfoy yeah oh yes yes now that you say that yeah I, she did um she did a part in peaky blinders and like it looks yeah. exactly like what she did yeah. in peaky blinders yeah i i agree with that now that you, you know i just thought when i seen those two pictures side by side actually i took those two pictures and put them side by side. Um, you but, took the pictures? Yeah, now that's a story. I kept them all these years. I didn't know anybody. But um, I've seen that blonde picture before, though. The picture when she's yeah. got the big blonde wind. I've I've yeah. seen that one for sure. Yeah. I mean, that was a very popular look at that time with the big blonde hairdo and stuff. That's true. But I, I mean, I I could look at that and think, yeah, they could be the same. I mean, it wasn't like it. No way, are they the same? You know. I don't know. And she has a um, a full figure 
where they would think maybe she was older, you know, than 17. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? so, yeah back then, people, people, Back then, in pictures, people looked a lot older than what they really were. They they yeah. A lot oh, older. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I agree with that, yeah. I mean, I can see, I can see the picture the when 60s. she's dressed up as Babushka Lady. I can see that being, a you know, a young girl. Like, it's not unimaginable. Like, she doesn't look well. Obviously, it was well, somebody but... who was in disguise because it was right, a warm right. day. It was really warm. Everybody else is out without a coat and they're sleeveless. And here well, she is even... Right. Well, even her smile, like that's such a like, like I'm trying to hide what my face looks like kind of smile. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, know. she said it was her. She was in hiding because she didn't want, you know, people to see the nightclub singer standing out there in her gown, you know. And so she did purposely put on this overcoat over her gown and with the scarf. And she goes, I was already wearing a wig that wasn't my hair that day, you know. So, you know, it just, all kind of come together. Now it could be. I don't. It could be, and it could be. I'm not convinced it's her, but I'm saying it's very possible. And she certainly was around the, surrounded by the people that would be involved in something. And and so, what is the whole purpose of taking that movie or the picture? What were they trying to hide? Well, so she was just taking the movie for herself, right? And we're going to get into the. We're going to get into the Zapruder film real next, but she was just taking it for, you know, to say, hey, I'm taking a picture of the president coming down the street, just like you would in a parade. You're taking pictures oh, of the I think, yeah. But, but she I never seen it. it. You know, she never seen it again. And those those pictures would have been much better than the ones we've been seeing because she was right there, literally within feet of him, you know, right there she on the street. She probably was in at an angle where you could see the library, which if we believe conspiracy theories, if right. she had taken a picture, it would have shown that Lee Harvey Oswald was not in the window. Right. So it's probably it's why the film got taken. Right, right. And and kind of stepping back, I know you asked me about this, but so one thing she was really afraid of was she said nobody on the streets asked her who she was or wanted to see her pictures. She just goes home and two people identifying as FBI agents show up at her door. You know, how did they know who she was? How did you know where she lived? Right, right. How did they know anything about her? But yet they just showed up at her door. So obviously, you know. Well, somebody, somebody else had her on film her. too. Somebody else had her on film taking well, movies. She's on like almost all the videos, all the right. pictures that you see. She's always in that picture. And that was what stood out. It was like, here's this lady who's got this big coat on and scarf in the hot day. And she's literally almost in every single picture taken. But she should know. be able to identify those two men that came to her door. Why would two? Why would she be able to identify them? Probably if he showed up at your door, you would. She's 17 and scared to death. You well, know, I, I probably she would freak out. Even still. Yeah, I know. And she didn't even ask for no ID and they didn't give her no ID. You know, she just gave him the camera. Right. Uh, I don't know. But, but anyways, so I think it's very possible that she is the one. And certainly that Gary and Oliver Stone are convinced she is the one. You know, they are both convinced of it. So so she really never came out with her story until um, that movie, the FBI, or the um, JFK came out. You know, and that was in the 80s. 
probably almost the 90s, about 1990, I think. Yeah, so that's a long time. He never really came forward until then. 30 years. And so, you know, of course, now everybody doubts her because, well, you know, you knew all these years, you know, and you didn't say anything, but um, anyway. So uh, well, I can understand got... her. I can understand her theory about everybody being knocked off because they right. really People were. she knew were just up and disappeared, you know, right. so she wasn't about to come out and say, I'm the person, you know, she just let it go. So now that takes us to the Zapruder film. And we've all seen that movie a thousand times. It was shot by um, a dressmaker, Abraham Zapruder. That's where the name comes from. Um, he was a dress maker. So he had a dress shop that was right across from the street from the book depository building. Um, his secretary that day talked him into going home and getting his movie camera to take pictures of the president when he came by. He wasn't even planning on doing it. So, um, uh, and he went to the pictures as they come down. He took pictures as they come down the street, the whole thing. And then um, uh, after the assassination, he took that film to a Kodak lab. Kodak was a big deal back then. You probably, probably don't remember, but you take your film and have it developed at a lab, you know, and so he took that immediately to a lab and had three copies made of it. And well, first had it developed. Now, first he took it to a Kodak lab and had it developed. Then he took that film to another lab and had three copies made, right? Right away. And so he went home that night and him and his family watched in horror this entire film. The next day, a representative from Life Magazine met with him, and he, he, they negotiated a contract that allowed Life Magazine to take the original film back to Chicago and make uh, print copies off of it. So they weren't going to make a copy of the film. They were just going to take the film and cut out pictures so when they put an article in the paper, they could assign a picture to go with it. You following me? Yeah. Okay, so he agreed, and they agreed on $50,000. Plus, he said you can have a copy, one of these copies. Not the original, a copy. So he gave him the copy, and he gave him the original, and they paid him $50,000. So that he did really get the original. like they. Well, the story goes on, but okay. So they put this film on a plane to Chicago. Nobody went with them. They just put the film on a plane and sent it to Life Magazine in Chicago. I mean, don't you think that's very odd? This is a yeah. pretty important film mm -hmm. that's going to change history. Let's just put it on a plane and send it and to And people Chicago. are going to, and, and then it's just going to disappear and nobody's going to know where well, it's at. So um, I thought that was just unbelievable they would do that. I mean, I suppose nothing like this had ever happened in time, so they didn't have anything to really think about. But but after um, a week, the magazine uh, requested a new contract with him, and this time they wanted the original film and the rights for print and motion pictures. Okay? So they wanted the original, and they wanted not only to be able to use print off of it, they wanted to use it as a motion picture, right? get the rights for motion pictures. 
um, increasing the pay to $150,000. So now he got $150,000 for the original film, which was a lot of money in 1963, you know. And so he agreed on that. And um, and so occasionally, you know, Life Magazine would write articles and put a picture. I'm sure they had one on the babushka lady, you know. Um, I have some Life Magazines from back then about the Kennedys because, you know, my mother was very into that. But um, so occasionally they would use these pictures, but they never did anything with the motion picture thing. And they really were very sparingly with the pictures, right? So now that's odd. They paid all that money for rights, but then they never used it. Kind of sounds like somebody bought it to su suppress it so the media couldn't get to it, right? Correct. Um, so in... Something to hide. What's that? Something to hide. Yeah. They, obviously, obviously they, they bought the film. Yeah. They bought the film, and probably it wasn't Life Magazine, but they bought it through Life Magazine, so nobody could see this film. Right. They have it, you know. And in 1975, 12 years after the assassination, a bootleg, a bootleg copy of the film appeared in the media. So now somebody got a hold of the film and put it in the media. But it was a bootleg. It wasn't official, you know, official. Um, so the world was shocked for a decade. It was, um, you know, a prominent film. Um, of the day, it, it was so authentic, and it was the best record we had for what happened that day. Nothing else was better than watching that, right? So the world was shocked by it, but but they got it because somebody leaked it, not because of the original film being put out. And at this time, 12 years later, the whole Warren Commission was done, all the investigations were done, everything was done, right? Um. So, and in 1975, they were they would show it on TV, but you didn't you weren't able to get a copy of it like you could do today. You know, you wouldn't they didn't have VCRs or anything like that. So you just seen it on TV. You couldn't stop it or look at. You know what I mean? You just watched it. Um, so in the 80s, again when uh, they started doing the film on it, um, now people had. VCRs and stuff. They could back it up. They could play it in some slow motion. They could, you know, do a lot of things. And not just people in their homes, but now, um, you know, professional people. The technology had improved uh, tremendously. So they were able to go through this film frame by frame. Now they see there's stuff missing out of the film. You know, um, he claims to have started the film when the parade first came around the first corner. And then it didn't end until they drove off. Well, the only part of this film is in the middle. So the front and the back are gone. Um, the biggest thing in the film, everybody that was there on the, um, the um, there at the time when he got shot said the limousine came to a stop. And then he get, was shot. And then it took off. Well, nowhere in this film does it ever stop. No. You know what I mean? So that part was cut out of the film. And um, there's, I don't know if you guys can 
picture of the film or remember as that much, but there's a part where they go um, in front of a road sign. So it really kind of covers them up. And as soon as it comes out of that is when he gets shot. Well, they cut out a ton of it there because, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, so they, um, so the people, you know, even at the time, people were saying, that's not right. That car came to a stop. Then he got shot. So that's not shown in the, the film. Um, um, there's, again, there was laps in the, oh, one of the things uh, back to that sign was in the original films, when they come out of that sign, there's this huge um, splatter of blood and brain matter that's flying like two feet in the air. But when you watch this video, there's a one frame of that where his, he got shot. So they cut out all the film of the blood and brain matter like flying back. So obviously he got shot in the front because flew back. Right. You know. Remember Jackie went out on the trunk and grabbed his top of his head, his brain. Uh, I, that was in one of the frames, yes. Right. Well, that part was in there, but the part where he really gets, you know how they have him like jerking forward and back? Well, right. obviously he got shot from the front. He got shot from the back of the neck and then the front to blow his brains out. Right. So, you know, um, and then the worst thing they did was, and again, remember in 1963, they had no real technology to edit film. Like, you know, what they did was they put, like, it may have been black tape or something, some kind of little black thing on each frame to cover up the whole huge hole in the back of his head. So you don't see the back of the hole in the head, but you do see this little black box that's covering it. But, you know, when you're just playing this and watching it on TV, you don't pick up on that. Right? Hmm. And we know his original autopsy or examination in Dallas is much different than the one they had in Washington. And the one in the uh, Dallas, they claim that he has a big gaping hole in the back of his head. And the ones in um, Washington said he didn't, you know. Hit a small. Well, obviously his brains got blown out. You know, it wasn't like he just got shot and, you know, they were gone, you know. And Jackie and the whole, everybody in the car was wearing those brains. So um, now Life Magazine sells, because now it's out for the world to see, right? So they sell the original copy back to the the Pruder family for one dollar. <laughs> so in 1978, now they've had it, you know, three or four, three years, they decided to put it into the National Archives to, for safekeeping, right? And um, that's where it stayed until 1992. When, what? where Congress passed a law that said they had the rights to that film because it was a murdered president, which I don't know that I really blame them for that, but um, that started a lawsuit between 
Um, and then the National Archives would not give it back to them. You know, they said, no, we can't. This is litigation. And in 1998, the U.S. government um, took ownership of the film and Congress gave the, the Pruder family $16 million. $16 million was given to the family because Congress took ownership of that film. I know, but didn't he have another film hidden somewhere? He saw because his original. I mean, no, I mean, he had the copies. This was the original film. Right, but. So, um, um, now remember, he took that that day and had it developed and had three copies made. And right. the film at the time was, it had like an A side and a B side. So like it took the whole roll of film and then it went backwards and took another whole roll of film. So he had half of that film was his home family videos and the other half was their assassination. And just the way they did it, they called it 16 millimeter. So they would, he made a copy of it and they would have had to split that down the middle to make two rolls of film. So instead of being 25 foot long, now it's 50 foot long. Are you following me? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's what he took home and watched. So in 1997, two CIA agents now retired from the CIA came forward and said, we had that original film Sunday night in New York at a lab, a Kodak, a secret Kodak lab in New York. And they had the original uncut, the 16 millimeter. And they made, what they did was their job was to make, again, take these frames and put them on like poster boards. So when they're given like a, a presentation, they could say, this is frame, you know, 16, eight, the president's standing here, you know, so they could show it to a group of people and they could see exactly when his head was, you know, when he was shot and, you know, get the pictures of the surroundings, I guess. But anyways, but remember he had it, he took it and got it developed in Dallas at a Kodak lab. But the next day, the original that he already had home playing or he thought he had the original, the original ended up being in New York, uncut, untouched. Hmm. So obviously he took it to a Kodak lab. They contacted the authorities or if the CIA was involved in the whole murder thing, they probably watched him the entire time, take it into that lab. They went in and said, make a copy of that. And we want the original and they took it to New York not to a plane to Chicago. But so the original film he had all this time probably wasn't even the real original. So you following all that? So and these guys were very credible people. They were like, you know, they they worked for the um government. They um they um the two guys that brought it to them were secret service agents. They were like on the top of their, you know, game. 
Um, these were not like just some janitor and a flunky, you know, like today they probably hired some kid to work the counter. You know, this, these people had well, really well reputations in the government. So these were not flunky people. And they said they spent entire Sunday night up to like, I don't know, like five in the morning going through this film and making, you know, looking at it. And he said the, the biggest thing that really stuck out to them was the blood splatter when his brains were literally, you know, going two foot in the air, you know, and they were blowing back, you know, that was really a pretty important thing to write on there, but that we never knew that mm -hmm. nobody ever said that. So, um, let's see, two secret agents. Okay. And then in, um, 2009, two secret, um, service agents, um, that they had watched the film that weekend and recall seeing that enormous blood and um, two to three feet in the air um, as the bullet entered his head. Um, so, you know, now we know the film really never was bought by Life Magazine. The film was bought probably by the CIA and they used Life Magazine to buy it. But their whole purpose of buying it was we don't want anybody to ever see this film. Well, I know because we, we we really have never seen that film because we've only seen the part that it's rolling and Jackie going off onto right. the limo. Right. To, well, to remember, get... remember this. He got shot in nineteen sixty three. Nobody's seen any kind of footage until nineteen seventy five. You know, so all through this investigation, all through all this turmoil, and you know. The Warren Commission, nobody ever showed us this film. Right. You know, because they knew that film would prove them wrong. You know, and they never, I don't think they ever planned anybody ever seeing it. But somehow it got bootlegged out in 1975. And that's when the world seen that film. And even then, they're like, obviously his head jerks back, but they had a, you know, a way how it jerked back and forth, you know, kind of thing. Which I'm sure to a lot of people made sense, but most, a lot of people, that's where all the conspiracies come from. Obviously, what you're telling us is not true. But now we have little proof that this is not true. So, so I think more and more the CIA must have had, must have been behind it. And not only just that, but like, um, them following him to getting that developed. I mean, they, them following her to her house and getting that film. That's all. Who else could put all that together? You know what I mean? But the CIA or the FBI, you know, I mean, they had it, they probably ran at it together. But all those things that happened, you know, only the CIA could have that kind of, you know, clout well, to do that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. Somebody did. Somebody had, I mean, who would know? I mean, like you say, who would have known that it was that singer from the club? Right, right. Unless they you were. Know, and I, I, you know, again, just like we were talking about Lee Oswell and, and all the people are involved. I mean, even if it was her, well, did she know ahead of time what was going to happen? I mean, she was linked to a lot of people, you know, Um was she really a agent for the CIA? I mean, you know, she could have been that early, you know, 
Um, or was she just, like she said, out there watching the parade, you know? Mm. Who knows? I Yeah, I just don't understand how they knew who she was. Somebody knew who she was. Obviously, they were following just, her. Somebody was following her. Because I really don't think they would have even recognized her, even if they knew who she was, because she was in Cognito. But obviously, they were watching her, and they probably followed her home. You know, and said, here's where she lives. Here's where she went to. Then they went back saying, you know, we know you took some film. We need to see that. And at the time, they said, we're going to take it, and we'll have it back to you in a week. We just want to analyze it. We want to see what you saw and see if there's any, you know, for legal reasons. Well, of course she's going to do that, you know. Right. I mean, you probably would do that. You probably would ask for some identification, but I mean, obviously you have something pretty important, you know, but she didn't out on the streets before she went home. Nobody stopped her and said, Hey, what's your name? We see you're taking a move. You know, nobody said anything to her. Well, like you say, something like that, that happens. You're in shock until you. Yeah. Well, everybody that was there, you can see it in the movies and all the pictures, were in total shock. I mean, right. they were just dumbfounded. They, you, you know. I surely wouldn't have. You, should, you know. I mean, so, I would have been just so standing there thinking, well, of course, you're not going to be acting natural. You know, obviously, you're not going to be acting natural. You're in shock. You're in disbelief of what you just seen, you know. Right, so, right. Yeah, I can see all that. I remember there. going to a Broadway show in New York City and gunshots <laughs> going off and thinking. They're making a movie. They're making a, a movie. movie. And, you know, it, it was real. It was something going, somebody right. shooting. So, right. you know, you just don't, I mean, you don't think, you, you think, oh, okay, you know, this is. Right. What are they doing? Right. Are they filming or but what? She claims that she was just in shock. That's why she was standing there. I, I didn't understand around. Point. She was yeah. just like, you know, yeah. I would have been done. I I would have done the same thing. At any parade, I mean, we go to a million parades. But and nobody else has ever come forward to say that they were that person, and nobody's ever come forward to say, and I know that person. And certainly, her pictures out there for everybody to see. You know, nobody's ever, you know, well, you would have thought that family, you know, family would recognize her. I mean, but she probably wouldn't let anybody know who her family was. So guess not. Interesting. There's lots of interviews with her on the internet. So. Or do you think that she might, she could have been a spy? And now somebody's taking credit for it, or I mean, the fact that she knew Jack Ruby tells I know, me she possibly known what was going to happen that day. Well, yeah, I think and she so probably she... did know what was going to happen. I mean, I'm not saying she did. I'm just saying possibly she knew because, but she claims he was not involved. He literally shot Lee um, Oswald. Because he loved President Kennedy, you know, he just thought, you know, 
the, our time and the, and a lot of people did at that time. My parents did that. Like this president was young, you know, attractive and you know hip. You know, I mean, in 1963, so they just thought, you know, he, he could do no wrong. You know, they thought he was. It was a change of times because prior to him, everybody president was old and you know. The Kennedys were young and they had new ideas and they were, um, you know, Jackie was a fashion, you know, she was all into fashion and stuff. So, you know, the young people were really attracted to him and Ruby really liked him and he was just so upset that somebody shot him. He just kind of lost his mind and went and shot him. You know, that's what she claims, you know, hmm. you know, he never spoke about him, bef you know, in bad terms or. You know, he didn't have any beef with anybody. He was a super, super nice guy, and he helped a lot of people in his club and, you know, a lot of, you know, stuff. So um, she said he had no clue that he was going to be assassinated that day. Mm -hmm. And he was just so upset about it that he just took his opportunity and went and shot and killed him. Mm -hmm. So that's my story. The the Kennedy stories you could do are unlimited. I mean, true. We could make our own uh, just a series on them. Oh yeah, and everything would be changed that's in a different series either. Yeah, but every prospect would be different. You know, I mean, because whatever depends on what movie or what. Uh, information you got yeah i mean i think a real um, interesting story about the kennedys is you know ethel kennedy well actually it was well, i think it was a mother who really started it but they started the special olympics mm -hmm. and you know why they started that well because of rose rosemary yeah was a sister who was but when John was running for president. She had autism. Mm -hmm. but she lived on her own in Europe. I mean, she, she could function on her own. But she was the kind of person, because of her autism, okay. no telling what she would say in an interview or no telling, you know, what kind of thing might happen to her, you know, in a public place and type of thing. So they thought it would be a good idea to have a, a bottom that would calm her down. Well, it did. You know, she was unable to function the rest of her life and lived in a, a institution the rest of her life. And um, so, you know, it's like, well, did they start the Special Olympics out of sympathy for what they did or just to make up to God for what they did or, you know, what really what was in regardless, it was a, the Special Olympic is a good thing. It's um, a great thing, but, you know, what they did to their sibling or their family they thought she might be an embarrassment well and that's sad that, that they did what they did i don't Anybody? think anyone willingly got an lobotomy by themselves so i think oh, the I procedure in itself was already considered to be dangerous yeah i know but they made her get it yeah they didn't it ask is. her they made her no I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think anybody willingly was like, "Yeah, let me go uh, 
That sounds like my brain a little bit. They should have never been able to. Nobody. It shouldn't have ever been a procedure. Exactly. That's what I was. Right. That was my. I don't know very many men that got the procedure either. And how could have they done that? No doctor in the right mind should have been able to do that. That's what I'm saying. And oh, they've been doing a lot now. People are trying to do a lot now. I don't know, but they did a lot of experimental stuff like that back in those days. So a lot, a lot of our like big procedures, uh, like health procedures now, were you know experiments on human so, subjects. Good thing you girls didn't get too mouthy with me when you were growing up. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, don't don't worry, girls. I would have protected you. I would have smacked you inside the head. We would have been doing a on him. Yeah. A little bit more than that. <laughs> No, but um, I don't know. So that's a sad story in itself. Yeah. Yes. So think that people that have money can just do whatever they want. Well, and it's... It, and not be accountable for it. It could have very well been a doctor came to them and said, listen, we can do this operation. It's going to slow her down. And, but she'll be fine. And it didn't happen right. You know, it went but wrong. It's, but, the, but it's the fact that they did it for a public image. They didn't for, do it because they actually thought it was going to be healthy image, for her. Exactly. They did it for their public image, which right. is the crux of all of their problems. Like, they are in a in the whole, like, a, like a family riddled with misfortune. But the misfortune is that they rely too much on their public image instead of their mental health or physical health. Because I mean, even JFK, like if they had let him, you know, have scoliosis and, you know, not be medicated well, all the time, he probably wouldn't have paid either. His brother was supposed to be president. And when he died in the war, it's like, Jack, you're next. Get up. Yep, you're going to be exactly. the next president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And really, Bobby would have made a much better president. But whatever. Um, so crazy. They have a lot of stories like that. They have a lot of stories. Yes, they do. I mean, JFK Jr. is still alive. That's yeah, a story. Lots of lots of He's going to be our next vice president. <laughs> that would not surprise me. But hey, you know, anything's possible. Anything is possible, really. You are right. Anything is Maybe possible. Maybe JFK is still alive. We don't know. And Elvis. And Elvis. Yeah. I tell you what, I've seen somebody show me a video recently, and I'll be darned if that is not Elvis Presley. <laughs> like, wow. Wow. Is it the, what's his face that played Elvis? <laughs> yeah, don't tell Austin and, Butler. He might write things he's Elvis. He look Elvis today. What he would yeah, I, like. I know what you're talking about. There's like oh. a, it's like an old video of some like old guy who, he does really I look mean, like Elvis. Sounds exactly like, and really looks exactly like he would look. But he's probably um, a doppelganger. That's possible. That's possible. Yeah. He could be a doppler, right? You say. Not a doppler, a doppler, doppelganger. Yeah, Doppler is weather instrument. <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking about, but anything's Our possible. Listeners and viewers may not. 
Megan dies of an overdose of heroin after we find out she's been a you know drug addict all these years, you can step up to the plate, Cass. Yeah, Cass. I don't want to be a mom, so uh, <laughs> I have to take care of her two children. Before her, she's having her another next one. Yeah, yeah. Her, her, um, that's um, exciting for her. It's super cute. Yeah, red hair. What are we? Yeah. Wait a minute. Who are we talking about? Megan, Megan Trainer. She has two. She has one kid now, and she's pregnant. She's pregnant. Yes, yes, yes. I just said when she pulls this. I got killed in an accident thing, and we all think she's dead. Cassie can step up. Or maybe they kill me and she takes over my life. Right. She wants a, exactly. wants a break. <laughs> she okay, wants to podcast with the family. I know you want out of all this fame and all this stuff. <laughs> I'm not a place for you. Yeah. You just yeah. have to do a podcast on YouTube with this crazy family. <laughs> then I was telling somebody about my plan that we have to have a big scandal. Going for our podcast. Yeah. We're not having a scandal. What's the scandal? scandal to start, you know, hey, what did you what did you do in your past? Something to go viral. What did you do in your past that we could scandal about? Lots of things, I know. I know you guys, you two girls have got a lot of hidden secrets. No. I knew everything that they did. Sure. I was like, sure. <laughs> I don't think they have anything big enough to cause a scandal. No scandals there. Well, one, I it, don't want to share information to cause a scandal about myself. Right, because you're a good guy. You got to take one for the team somewhere. Yeah, no, I think I've taken enough <laughs> for the team. <laughs> Our girls are perfect. That they are. Yes, they are. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Tell my husband that. I already <laughs> a million times. Listen, both of you anybody, girls, that, anybody that meets you are lucky, lucky, lucky men. I want both of you girls okay. to go downtown tonight. <laughs> Cass, don't Cass, make that you're in Portland, And I want you to cause the biggest ruckus you can find. No. Uh -huh. So, so I can end up on We have murder here. Don't listen to your father. And I'll end up on Facebook news. Yeah. <laughs> well, which one's worse? So. I can contact my reporter from the Facebook that I know. <laughs> and mm -hmm. he can make it go viral. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I he don't understands the word viral. <laughs> Anyways, let's, anybody got any questions or... Um, any thoughts on our today's topic? It's good, but okay, crazy. Well, let's wrap this up then. Okay, okay guys, thank you very much for joining us. Again, don't forget to um, like, share, and subscribe to our channel. We appreciate the comments that we're getting, and um, I know I personally am talking to people who like our channel. So, okay, all right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks a lot for stopping in. Bye. Bye. Alexa played the famous school of thought. <laughs>